0: Section number fourteen of True Stories About Pets, edited by Jane Gray Swishelm. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lola Janey of Alexandria, Virginia. Chapter number fourteen Hens in a Horse Car by Mrs. E. A. Levitt. The horse car slowly tinkled its way up the broad city street. It was moderately filled with the very daintily dressed people who, sitting fronting one another, were busily employed in pretending that there wasn't anyone else there, and that they were as much alone as if they were sitting under a palm tree in the desert of Sahara, and palpably making a failure of such pretense by looking extremely conscious when one of those who didn't pretend looked at them the car stopped for the fortieth time or so and a very large red-faced woman lumbered in followed by a very small boy who stumbled along treading on ever so many people's toes and ending by a plunge at a pursy little gentleman as the car got in motion And the Percy gentleman indignantly rejected him as if he were taking unwarrantable liberties and gave him such an impetuous that it brought him down on a vacancy very violently, jouncing a slight, oh, out of his slender throat and a loud squawk from the fluffy brown hen that he was carefully carrying in his arms, showing that she too suffered violence. It happened that as his seat was directly in front of his mother's and the two were so oddly accompanied that everyone left off making believe that they didn't see anything and began to stare at the newcomers with lively interest comfortably nestled down on each arm of the motherly genial old lady were great white rooster and a little brown hen snugly tucked away in the warm red shawl that enveloped her fat person evidently wanting to be thus carried about On the floor of the car there was a great pile of fresh straw which so rustled and stirred as to excite the rooster's attention and like the forecasting head of an active needy family he considered the place with warm interest tipping his head on one side and fastening his blinking eye knowingly on some spot that seemed likely to furnish food for his ravenous family He tipped his head over to the other side and searched with the other eye to make sure and then fluttered up a little and made various guttural sounds down in his chest at the same time turning about as if addressing himself to the slender brown hen nestled so cozily down in her good-natured mistress's lap. But the brown hen didn't want anything to eat. Her appetite was quiet and she meant to improve the time and warmth by taking a gentle nap so she shut up both her eyes tightly and tucked her head into the little nook that showed itself under the woman's arm and made her indifference so manifest that the rooster had to understand it a new rustle in the straw attracted him again and he examined it anew this time making such deep noises that they seemed to come from his very claws they were instantly responded to by the fluffy brown hen the lad carried she was of a more energetic character than her sister and had already surveyed all the car passengers with a keen attention and immediately replied to the rooster's remarks which so far as they could be translated by an observer who was not a hen meant that down there was plainly an excellent feeding-ground with a great deal to scratch up and suggestions of such tidbits as hen-natured would delight in there was no need for the rooster to put fine emphasis on his insinuations the fluffy hen was but too ready to join him in a friendly dig and with all the impetuosity of her sex she was eager to take the first hop so spreading her wings and uttering an exulting cackle she started for the revel great was her astonishment when the boy would not let her go she was evidently accustomed to her indulgence and wanting to consideration as her appetite and had not been used to restraint she cocked her head on one side and fixed her bead-like eye on the boy as though to say do you really know what you're about you never did deny me anything why begin now when it's such a rich field the lad was disconcerted he could not look back again into that eye he cast an appealing glance at his mother she assumed as severe a look as she could put on her broad cheery face and shook her head there was manifestly a good understanding between the members of this happy family and the hen seemed to comprehend with the boy that just now it was not considered best for her to get down she resigned herself with reluctance and chuckled forth some remarks to the rooster who continued to eye the straw and give note to what he saw there perhaps the force that restrained him was more potent than that which the fluffy hen felt at least he yielded to it sooner and scratched out a tumbled-up place in the woman's gown and stirred it up well and turned it about till it was just rough enough to suit him then nestled his white head with its great red comb under a fold of her shawl and went to sleep the little fellow grew weary of holding the fluffy brown hen so he slipped along and cuddled her down on the car seat beside him where she curled up in a soft bunch and crooned out her satisfaction but his mother was scandalized at such infringement of car regulations in regard to children being held in the lap unless they paid full fare and she shook her head energetically at him and signaled that biddy must be taken up again just then a much bedizened lady who had been closely observant moved up to the kindly henwife and began talking to her in a low tone but as she grew excited she raised her voice and was heard to say now my little sick daughter would be sure to like such fresh white eggs as your hens will lay and i hope you can let me have some every week indeed ma'am and i can jest that my man works at the brass foundry and he goes by your house in every day and he can leave just as well as not sure and we have beautiful bits of backyard and my little boy keeps some hens just as clean while he takes and turns to chair about with the back to the table and a hippin that's the name of the hen he has in his lap man claws hold it around in the back and just sits there like a christian all the while he's at his meals. and true for it he keeps a tin plate for her and she picks a corn and made it off and every time he eats himself indeed and he does ma'am just then a mischievous lad on the platform of the car began a low cackling ending in a loud shrill crow the challenge roused the rooster from his sleep and imagining that it was already morning and that he must have slept too long he crowed lustily as fast as he could this stirred up both the biddies and they thrust out their long necks and twisted their heads about and cackled so tumultuously that the car seemed full of hens the good woman's face turned as red as her hair and that was very red indeed and she hardly knew where to look whilst her little son enjoyed the sport highly and shook hippin to make her cackle still louder just then the car was passing a block of shabby tenements, and the woman's face brightened, and she signalled to the conductor to stop the car and she hustled her feathered family hastily together and hurried them out into the open air where their noise would be less inflictive the lad tossed hip up on his shoulder and they all disappeared in one of the low buildings where if there were a fine bit of yard it could scarcely have been larger than a horse-car floor chapter fourteen